Hello, I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to this podcast on the major themes of scripture. I'm glad you're here. We're covering an important topic today on baptism, one of the great sacraments of the church, uh, in which most <clears throat> denominations participate in one way or another. Heads up, though, it's a controversial topic, so whoever's listening to me, probably most of you will end up hating me by the end of the podcast. Like always, this is a biblical theology, this podcast, so we're going to stay right with what Scripture says. So we're going to try to cast off tradition of individual denominations and what some uh, uh, theologians may have stated. So we're going to want to cast off assumptions, look at what Scripture says, and thus we can allow you, as well as me, to make up your own mind and faith to what Scripture says. Again, I'm not trying to make you me. I want you to be uh, well-versed in Bible knowledge. So in faith, you can make up your mind about this topic and other non-essential topics. What I mean is we all, as a common faith, in, in our belief in salvation by grace in Jesus Christ as deity and humanity around the basic truisms of Christianity, uh, all adhere. But there are peripheral issues, uh, such as communion, which we'll talk about next time, and this time baptism, which we can, which we're going to have, we'll probably agree to disagree. And, but I want, the thing I want for each of you is to look to scripture. To, for your answers, and then assess what people do, either through denominations or your church or your friends, based on what's in and not in Scripture. Okay, so having said all that, so remember, go to the website. Address will be at the end of the uh, podcast. Uh, get the notes, leave a question, comment. Uh, if you leave a comment, make it nice. And... Um, uh, again, we try to do a good job for you in, in the information that we present. Again, this is a biblical theology. We're looking at the themes of Scripture, bringing all Scripture together, all the Bible, all God's Word, all true, to tell us what God thinks about what we should know, what's most important, particularly in terms of salvation and Christ and security of salvation, um, how we live our Christian life. Uh, all of Scripture is God's Word, yet we are focusing on the epistles where because this is the information commands to the church specifically. So having said that, let's get started. First off, the word baptism, what does it mean? Well, it comes from the Greek word baptizo. Remember, Greek is the original language of the Bible given by the Holy Spirit. He gave the Bible uh to the uh, speakers, we don't know if he did it in Greek, but the Bible is in Greek, so there's a good chance he may have given it in Greek, uh, and they spoke Greek. So the word is baptizo. So uh, again, you can amaze your friends that you know a word in Greek. Uh, the word originally came from the diacre, probably from the time of Homer, the author, and meant to uh, take on the identity of something. So you would dip a garment into a dye, say the royal purple dye <clears throat> that uh, from the uh, plants in Palestine, and uh, it would come out identified with that purple color. So that's the basic meaning of the word. 
Now, culturally, around the time of Christ, baptism was used a lot uh, by the Greeks in the Greek mystery religions, such as the Gnostics. When somebody became become a member, they would self-baptize, dunk, into a big tub of water. The Jews uh, also had picked up the habit of baptizing as well. So um, it was known to both cultures. Thus, I, I think God used it, a baptism in a variety of ways in the New Testament to um, uh, to get his point across in, in some uh, very important details. So what type of baptisms are there? Well, there are a lot. Okay, so we're going to go down the list and we'll focus on two. So first off, as you know, there was the baptism of John the Baptist. What does this mean? He called them to repent. He baptized. So I think those people were identifying with the message of John the Baptist for the need of repentance uh, for the coming of Christ. So Matthew 3 is an um, example of this. Num uh, or when John was baptizing. Uh, the second baptism is um, in our list is that of Christ himself. So also Matthew 3 uh, and also Luke 3, uh, Mark 1, uh, John 1. So uh, this is where Christ being baptized and the Holy Spirit comes upon him and, and God speaks from heaven is, is really the testimony of who he is from God, from the Holy Spirit. And I think it's the, I look at it, and, and again, this might be controversial, it's the anointing, as he is the anointed one, the anointing for his mission. It's when his ministry really starts. Okay, number three, baptizing by the disciples. In John 3, at the end of the chapter, and right at the beginning of John 4, 2. So the disciples were baptizing, being overseen by Christ. So they were probably then identifying with the message of Christ. Now, is this the same as John's baptism? I'm not completely certain. I don't think so, because the information for which people in which they needed to believe had been updated since John the Baptist, because Messiah had come. And so it wasn't just the need to repent. As John said, <clears throat> they needed to believe on the sent Messiah presented to them by God and identify with that. Number four, baptism by fire. This is mentioned by uh, also in Matthew 3 by John that Christ would come and baptize if in what with water, but also by fire. This is also controversial. I think it probably means uh that of eternal damnation and and destruction so that would come for those who did not believe next on the list number five i think a christ baptism for which he was baptized matthew 20 verses 22 and 23 so when the two disciples came and their mother and said you know look um you know i want my sons to sit on the right hand and the left hand of, of christ in heaven and Christ uh, asked, you know, can you bear the cup that I've been burdened with and the, and the baptism for which I um, am undergoing? Otherwise, the 
perhaps the identification of his death and his suffering. And they said that they could. So, um, again, this might be, this baptism might be taken different ways by different people, but I, I do believe he was asking the disciples, can you bear up under the burden and the cup of sacrifice and offering that I must bear? Next uh, is baptism with the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 20. Very famous verse. I think this baptism refers to the time of the church. And um, because it's right when Christ, before he uh, is ascends into heaven and gives him one of the final commands. And the only time and the Holy Spirit comes and establishes the church right after this uh, in Acts 2. So this, I think, could be one of two things. It might mean water baptism. Uh, we don't know. It doesn't say. And uh, or it might mean the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I think it means. And we'll, we'll touch on this reason why in, in just a few minutes. Now, we must recognize then that as we move into Acts, baptism is mentioned. And I think uh, it's uh, clearly water baptism then uh, for a new convert in Acts 8.36 with the Ethiopian unit. There are other descriptions of households being baptized or other people being baptized. Now, again, this is controversial, but I'm looking at the flow of the information here. One is the church early in its life was centered around Jerusalem and was Jewish. And this is when these instances are mentioned. <clears throat> these instances then become less as the church matures and are last mentioned in Acts 19. Interesting, all the baptized people are Jewish except Lydia in Acts 16. So my tell is that baptism was a Jewish rite early in the church that went away as the church matured and um, that it um, uh, as it became more Gentile focused. So we don't know this for sure. Uh, again, these weren't commands to be baptized. They were instances where they were baptized. Now we knew, do, do know that baptism and infant baptism were practiced early in the church, at least by the second century uh, uh, AD. So that's that's the historical aspect. Now, apart from this, as we move into the epistles, baptism in every instance that I can think of is spiritual baptism, except in 1 Corinthians 1. I will come back to that. And I think this is um, uh, defined by Romans 6, also important as Ephesians 2 and Colossians 2, where it's speaking of the regeneration by the Holy Spirit, where we are identified with the death and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, created a new person. So in the church, the primary reason for baptism is that uh, uh, spiritual baptism 
that identifies us with Christ's death and the resurrection. Now, water baptism, uh, how does that fit in? Well, we're not commanded to do water baptism in the New Testament. I can't find it. You know, we have the instances in Acts. It's not a command. That's a historical book. So, and, and many people think that we are commanded to be baptized, but, but we're not. So it's not there. <clears throat> However, you can say that water baptism is used and not inappropriately because people do things out of faith to, to express a commitment and a confession to Jesus Christ. At, at their conversion. It's also it could mirror or image that. Death and resurrection, otherwise, as a person is dunked or even sprinkled, if you want, but more appropriately, perhaps if they're dunked their death, the death identified with Christ and being brought back up out of the water, they're identified with his life. Again, you have to make up your own mind about this. But spiritual baptism is a cornerstone um, theme, <clears throat> which we've discussed before in the New Testament, <clears throat> a great promise that we are a new person in Jesus Christ and part of our promise of salvation and our eternal security. The last baptism I want to discuss is a baptism of the dead. This first used in first I mentioned in first uh, Corinthians 15, 29, that <clears throat> um, basically that uh, Paul and his fellows are being baptized <clears throat> on behalf of the dead. What does this mean? I don't, the word there for dead is necros. I don't think these are people who are literally dead. And there's one famous cult that literally will go uh, and and do baptisms for people who are dead. Uh, I think it means spiritually dead, and <clears throat> that excuse me, that they have given their life as a commitment, uh, being baptized. <coughs> excuse me, identified with the cause of Jesus Christ to help these people who are spiritually dead. Probably much like the baptism of Christ. In Matthew 22, or excuse me, Matthew 20. So um, uh, Paul had given his life, as Christ has given his had given his life to uh, help those who were lost, baptized on behalf of the dead. Okay, quick overview, controversial topic. I've really just skirted the issues. So again, we have. Two principal forms of baptism that are discussed most briefly or most commonly in the church. One is water baptism in the church, which are is clearly a people's statement of their faith and confession and conversion of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for these people. And also it images uh, spiritual baptism. Uh, some would agree, many would agree, and um, the, our, our identification of the death in the life of Jesus Christ being a new regenerated person in Christ. In the, um, there is a historical precedent for baptism in the uh, Gospels and in Acts, the historical book of the church. And within 
that, that transition time of the Gospels, there are a number of different baptisms which we've mentioned. But the most principal one in the epistles, all except 1 Corinthians 1, where Paul is criticizing the Corinthians' use of water baptism and identifying it with uh, individual members of famous members of the church, which he said was wrong. He's not complimenting them for how they're using it or for even doing it or even commanding that they do it. So water baptism was being misused there. Again, Corinth was an early book of the Bible, a lot of Jews in the church. So again, it may have been a early church and Jewish function of that church. We, we just don't know. So, but the principal uh, function or use of baptism in the epistles is that of uh, a spiritual baptism where we are identified with the life and the death of Jesus Christ, our new life in Christ, our eternal life. Okay, thanks for joining me. Tough subject. And I hope uh, this information was of help. Again, all, there's notes on the uh, website, and these might help further refresh the baptisms we've been over. We'll go over communion next time. Thank you for joining me. I'll look forward to seeing you in the next session. Goodbye.